On this episode of Inside Boxing Live, Chris and I will break down what happened this weekend. Dimitri Pival was victorious. David Morrell was victorious. There were some fights announced at the 168-pound division. Benavidez versus Plant. We'll talk about who should be fighter of the year. And we'll take a look at the final remaining months of the year. I can't believe it's November already. Let's go. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Inside Boxing Live presented by John Boy Media. I am Dan Kenobi. We're joined every single week by former 140-pound champion Chris Algieri from sunny Florida. Chris, how are you on this Sunday morning as we record? I'm doing great. Looking forward to covering last night's activities. Yeah, Sunday. I feel like these Sunday's episodes, I feel a little more laid back right now. I mean, I spent a whole weekend watching these fights and Friday, I was charged up because Plant versus Benavides got announced, came out of nowhere, and I said this. There's nothing better, in my opinion, than when a a uh, fight gets announced out of nowhere. Love that. Yeah, and it's, it's a fight that we spoke on air about just a few days prior, and one that we were excited and one that needed to happen and one that we were really bummed wasn't happening because at the time, Benavides was still supposed to fight Uzagate. But now the, the boxing gods have... Been watching our show, obviously, found out that we weren't into it, and they made the, the right fight. Yeah, I think Showtime, the you know, Steven Espinosa and the Showtime people are watching our show because we were like, hey, yeah. we don't want to see uh, Benavides versus No Hope. We want to see Plant Benavides. Boom. But I also do think that the, the bad press that was uh, floating around from uh, Spence and Crawford, and yeah. a lot of the fingers being pointed every which way. Uh, you know, let's erase some of that bad press. Let's erase some of that with announcing a fight that everyone wants to see. I think it's one of the three best fights uh, you could make in boxing. So that is something we will talk about on this show. This show is very focused on 168 and 175 pounds. Uh, the biggest fight this weekend was Dimitri Bivol and Gilberto Ramirez. And geez, Dimitri Bivol with a near shutout. I stopped scoring it after round nine because every round started to look the same. I think I gave the third round to uh, Ramirez. Uh, Zerto <clears throat> couldn't get anything going. Something we talked about on, on the show on, on Friday. I didn't think he was going to be able to mount anything consistent because the jab and the the, the defense of Zerto is just, um, excuse me, of, of Bebo is just on another level. 88%, that's how many uh, punches uh, Zerto missed. He limited to 18% 12. of his total. Oh, it's 12. My math is correct. 12. 12%. That's how much uh, Zerto landed uh, in this fight. I will ask you, Chris, is Dimitri Bivol unsolvable? And yeah, yes. Uh, right. I mean, no, no, no one's unsolvable. But so the way he looked last night, uh, it actually made Canelo look better because Canelo actually won rounds. Um, Zerto had nothing. He had no answer for anything. Everything that we said Bivol was good at and was going and could do, he did. And there was no answer from Ramirez all night. Ramirez looked confused. He looked slow. He looked completely out of his his depth. Bivol is that good. Also, we spoke about how Bivol, when he fights the lower-level guys, he does the same thing and he dominates and no one's impressed. Then he fights these high-level undefeated guys, does the exact same thing. Then it's impressive. He needs to just have big fights. <laughs> now, in terms of solving his the puzzle that is Dimitri Bivol, I don't know what it's going to take. And it might just come down to just clipping him and making sure that you have enough power to to hurt him and go from there. We saw him hurt against against Joe Smith. 
Joe was able to hurt him along the ropes. I think it was round. It was one of the late later. I think rounds, it was like nine, like nine or ten. Nine or ten. Yeah, exactly. He cracked him at the end of the round. Bivol walked off. Actually, grabbed the rope with his glove. Went to the corner. Uh, spoke about it later on that he was hurt. Um, he did a good job of hiding it. So, you know, he can be hurt, and I think there's the answer for that. And that's why it's so interesting that the fight that needs to happen and most likely will happen is against a serious puncher in uh, Better BF. Yeah. Um, outside of like a, I wouldn't say lucky punch. I don't believe in that in, in professional yeah, sports and on any level. But yeah, he he has to be hurt in a fight. And what's interesting in this fight is is Zero throws seventy two punches around a light heavyweight. That was basically cut in half. We've seen this all the time when a when a volume puncher fights someone of a, a, a boxer. It just goes yep. gone. I, I think the first round you saw Bivol move in and out land a few combinations and Zerto is like, I've never seen anything like that before. I, it was almost from the first round on. It's like, I am not able to yeah. solve this. I mean, that's like same thing you said when you saw him fight uh, Sullivan Barrera first round getting yeah. after you said that on Friday about the range and getting in and out, obviously something I knew about Bivol, but I kept my eye on it in that uh, first half of the fight. And that's what Bivol does so well. In my opinion yeah. is just in and out. It's very limited movement, and it's very little wasted movement. He's just Efficient, basically yeah. on a, in, a, in, out, in, out. And when he's in, he lands a few combinations. When he's out, uh, you know, he's out of range. And he didn't have that great of a performance. He only landed 20% of, of his punches, but he was on his front foot a little bit more in this fight uh, mm -hmm. than in, in recent times. He threw more power shots than he did jabs. That's the first time he's done that in a very long time. It wasn't like he was super sharp, though. Like, he had moments where he obviously snapped the head back of Zerto, but this is what Bivol does. Like he'll throw a three, four punch combination and then get out. Like he won't sit there in the pocket any longer and try to get hit back with anything. Maybe that I say was the only knock. And it's something we talked about Friday as well on, on Thursday's episode is if he maybe had a few more knockouts, maybe stayed in the, in, in the pocket a little more, you know, we could be talking about a stoppage win. We could be talking, same thing with Canelo. I thought maybe he could have went for it towards the end. We could be talking about back-to-back -back stoppage wins uh, for, for uh, Beeble. So that's the only knock I would say is that I would like to see him stick in the pocket more, but that's just not his game. And he's pretty much a veteran at this point. He's not going to change it just so we can be happier. Yeah, no, he's, he's highly disciplined. And that, that's something that I, that I really focused on last night when I watched this fight um, that, and this morning that his discipline is, is, is next level. He doesn't go outside of himself at all. He doesn't push for that extra chance he doesn't take that risk i spoke i speak about this on air multiple times about guys who get knockouts aren't always just punchers they have a mentality it's a men knockouts are a mentality not so much just a power punch guys think oh you got power you don't mm -hmm. not necessarily some of these guys like canelo gets a lot of stoppages he's not a one-punch guy never really has been he has scored one punch knockouts, sure but that's not the kind of fighter he is especially at the high level but he goes for broke to get those knockouts he wants knockouts he goes for it he puts himself in the pocket to, to get hit and to, to receive back, but he takes those risks. Dimitri Bivol does not take those risks. Yeah, it doesn't at all. Um, his defense is otherworldly, like we said, Sick. limiting uh, Zerto, who was came in as a offensive-minded fighter, an undefeated fighter. Yes, we've heard the knocks. He's padded record. Uh, has fought decent op opposition, but there's no doubt about it. Zerto Ramirez is a top-five light heavyweight, and Dimitri Bivol completely disarmed him. Now, uh, Bivol's opponent connect percentage goes down to 12.7 which is by far tops in boxing it's ahead of Shakur Stevenson now um those two are probably the two best defenders in all boxing but you saw it on display uh go ahead and he's also he's a guy he doesn't fight with his hands up 
and he doesn't move his head real well. His defense is entirely based on his in and out movement. It's 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 awesome to see. He you know his first line of you know the lines of defense in in, in boxing are your feet, your head movement, and then your your hands, your hand position. Mm-hmm. He has mastered the first line of defense, which is his his, his range. He's such a, a an amazing master of the judgment of range and getting in and out at the right time and his timing and his 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 defense is entirely based on his footwork. And he's not a big mover, like you said. He's very efficient in his movement. He just knows that he can take a half step here, half step there, and make you miss by centimeters. It's awesome to watch. I know it's not really for everyone, is. but really, if you can sit there and appreciate it, it's something to watch. It's it's unbelievable how he can disarm these fighters one by one. I guess the only way you can beat him is to wait till he gets old and, and the reflexes go you lose a little bit. But I don't think that's happening anytime soon. He's still in his prime. Still in his prime and has taken so few punches, so little damage. Seems like he's in shape year round. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, he, I, I, I don't see the era of, and it's going to be an era, I believe, of a Bivol ending into anytime soon. Uh, the one thing also I like about Dimitri Bivol is all week long he was asked about Canelo Alvarez. Uh, after the fight, he's asked about Canelo Alvarez. The zone pundits are wanted to talk about Canelo Alvarez afterwards, obviously, because uh, Canelo fights on the zone, and that could be a marketable fight for, for Bivol. It's more everyone wants it besides Dimitri Bivol, and I don't say say that that he doesn't want it because he's ducking or anything like that. He doesn't want it because he simply wants to be undisputed. That's the fight. All fans want it. You know, we talked about it uh, on on Thursday on Thursday's show. I talked about it afterwards. There is that's that's the fight. It has come to the forefront. It was the fight for the last two three years. Now so even more that Bivol has beat beat Canelo and now Zerto. It is very clear who was number one at light heavyweight. That is Arthur Bedervieff. It is very clear who was number two, maybe even 1A to 1B. That is Dimitri Bivol. That's the fight we got to see next. Who wins? This is a tough one. Tough one for you, Chris. Who wins? Dimitri Bivol versus Arthur Bedervieff. I got Bivol. I, I I see it again. I, I You know, you when you have when you have a master boxer with that incredible defensive ability fighting a, a master puncher, better be yeah, is very technical. Actually people, he does not get credit for his boxing ability and his skills and his technique. He is extremely, extremely technical. And I've spoken to his coaches about this, about better be and how technical he actually is, but there's just a difference in, in the styles. Some styles just don't match up well together. I don't believe that the style of, of Arthur better be matches up well with Bivol. That being said, he has the thing that I that I said you're going to need to beat Bivol. He has that power, that crushing punch. So if he does catch Bivol and is able to hurt him, I, he has the best chance to beat him. But I personally, I'm saying it right now, I don't think he does. I, love I think it. Bivol beats him as well. Uh, it is such a good fight. It is such a 50-50 fight. You can make legitimate cases for, for each guy. Better be of, what, 19-0 with 19 knockouts? Doesn't know how to lose. I'm a huge fan forward. of Better Be of, by the way. Huge fan. I mean, how can you not be at this point? If you're a boxing fan, you love knockouts. This is your guy. Yeah. You have a guy you know, just wants to fight the best. No nonsense. This is your guy. I mean, there's no doubt about it. You got just got to be a, a legitimate hater. If you don't like the way Arthur better be at fights, because he literally has every punch, every tool that you possibly need, underrated defense comes forward. And what's interesting in this fight is a better be at B-ball fight is, is better be of landing on football and pushing him back. Like we said, we've seen him hurt against Joe Smith, but look what better be just did to Joe Smith. I don't always like to use the triangle theory in boxing because I don't think it always works, but better be yeah. is relentless. And when one reason I would maybe favor better be is because he comes forward. He can cu- walk through some of, of 
Bivol's best punches because we know from Bivol, he's not the most powerful puncher. He's just very accurate and his timing is impeccable. I think Better Bev can walk through some of those, wear him down, which we thought that Zerto might have been able to do. And clearly that was not the case. Too he slow. Could, not, could not do it. Who's too small? Too slow. Too, too slow. slow. Right, 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 right. Was too Ramirez, slow. Yeah. But Better Bev uh, um, might be able to walk through some of those shots early, not be deterred by anything coming from Bivol's side. And then from like rounds eight through 12, Hopefully, or I'm going to say hopefully, I don't really care who wins. I just want to see a good fight. You can see Bivol wear down a little bit, and that's when Better BF pounces. That's how I can see the fight you know, maybe playing out if you want to be a pro Better BF pick. I, I, I disagree in Better BF walking, having to walk through the shots. These are light heavyweights, and I don't care what anybody says. Uh, Bivol hits hard. You know, again, I've been ringside. I was been in the corner against one of his opponents, uh, Sullivan Barrera. And Sullivan is a, is a very solid guy. Um, he hits hard. He hits hard with everything. He he just, like I said, he doesn't have that extra gear where he goes for the knockout, but he he hits hard enough to keep you off of bait. Better Biev is not going to try and wade through shots. That's not, that's not the way he fights anyway, but also Better Biev is a little bit chinny. He's been down multiple times in his career. He gets very offensive-minded and walks into shots. And they all weren't always the biggest shots that hurt him or dropped him. So I don't think he's going to go for that, try to wade through shots with, with such a sharp, accurate, accurate guy like like uh, like Bivol is. Um, I think he's going to try and box with them. And he's just going to – he's going to – when he does land, he has the power advantage. He does have that game-changer shot. He does have that, that, that kind of power that can – Literally, one, we can put the lights out, but two, it can just change the, the rest of the flow. Yeah. That's something that I think that a lot of people who are watching fights don't understand. A punch doesn't have to end a fight to end a fight. You can get hit with a shot early on that changes the way you fight from there on out. And it could be because you're literally wrong the whole rest of the fight. You never show it. Or it could be because you're like, wow, I can't get hit with one of those again. <laughs> so that that's a little inside baseball for, for, for the fans at home with, with, with punchers. Certain people hit that way. That changes your entire style when the fight happens. Wow, very interesting. It's almost what happened with that Zelfa Barrett Rockamal fight this weekend. Um, something mm -hmm. happened with Barrett's legs; they just completely went out, and everyone pointing at what was it? What was something wrong with his leg? Did he get hurt his leg? Did he get hit equilibrium shot? So it can be a punch early that can ch changes up your whole game plan. And whether you're visibly hurt or, like you said, the second part, whether you're mentally, you're like, oh, wait a second, I'm not gonna do that again because yeah. I know what's gonna happen after that. I've been rocked with jabs in the first round that didn't, weren't even really. Like that clean or harder shot and it just hit we hit you in the butt in the right spot and you're like oh boy okay this guy can hurt me but and then i've and, and, and on the opposite end i've been hit with shots that visibly hurt me and then went on and been like this guy can't this guy can't hurt me this no. guy this this guy can't get me out of here he hit me with his best shot i'm good i can i can walk him down go through everything i hope the fight gets made um it's one of those things where where it's different promoters different networks uh i think people has one fight left with matchroom uh, better be it looks like he's uh with top rank you know top rank and matchroom have made fights before uh they've yeah. done business before we can ho be hopeful for this one better be us fighting anthony yard uh in early i think late january early 2023 so at least it's fight in january but that's a fun one yeah it's not, i like, like that fight you've you seen worse mandatories than that but at least it's in january and better be if comes through that and um you know is healthy uh, i don't know what's gonna happen with b-ball a lot of talk is about this canelo rematch uh a few things. I don't want to see it again. Um, I don't think there's a reason to see it again. If, if Canelo really wants it, he'll push for it. Um, there's even talk of it being at 168. Like, what is, does that accomplish? Like, why would Canelo want to beat him at a lower weight? Like, that, what is that? That's not something I think Canelo would want to do, number one. Like, the the, the argument for that is, oh, uh, you know, Bivol can win 
uh, undisputed. He could be, fight be, better be able 175 and win undisputed than fight Canelo at 168 and win undisputed. Cool. That is a very cool thing to do, but I just don't see Canelo taking the rematch at a lower weight because that just really kind of goes against everything Canelo is, and that's like a built-in advantage for him. Yeah, uh, I agree with you in the stance that Canelo would take to to that to not take that, but I I, I think that man that that's that's some some brass ring to reach for for Bivol if he does win the better BF fight and then he goes down and so we I didn't speak about this but I was thinking it when you said it Bivol not wanting the the Canelo match right away right I think he's gonna want it later because money he he wants to be undisputed he's still a hungry fighter which is awesome to see at, at that level and the guys he's beating. He's still a hungry fighter. He's not trying to cash out, but he beats a better BF. If he beats better BF, which is, which is, we have no idea. It's a big, if, like you said, it really is a 50, 50 fight. I think he will, but who knows? Um, and then you go down to 68 and you fight Canelo. Now you get the money guy and the legacy good fight at the same time. That is a really, really good situation to be in for, for Dimitri Bivol. Yeah, it's there. If you, if he wants it, um, Canelo, is obviously at the hand injury and, and Hearn is saying, no, no, he's going to be ready by May. Um, I've heard September. I don't know what the theory. Nothing would shock me with Canelo. If he fights in May, I would not be shocked. Would any of us be shocked? No. If he fights no. in September, then, you know, there's a window for Bivol and better be able to get made before then uh, the winner of that can look at Canelo 175. So there's a lot of things going on there. I, I personally don't think it's going to go any differently. I'm pretty sure you feel the same way. A Canelo-Bivol match, uh, 168, maybe. Uh, it could give a Canelo a better shot than, than a 175, but not something I want to see. I want to see Canelo in different fights. I want to see better be up in Bivol Tangle. Uh, that's what's yeah. going on this past weekend. Bivol has has dangled that idea about going down to 68 for a couple of years now. And again, like I said, I, I've I've been across the ring from him. I was at Wayne's with him. He's not a big 75er. He can he can probably make 68 with not but, too much trouble. But you know what I'm saying? It's like. You, no, I agree. We're building you. in advantages. We're building in advantages for for Canelo. Like I, I can't I beat you at one seventy five, so I'll beat you at one sixty eight. Like I, I just don't see Canelo doing that. I mean, obviously we know from him he's just like a great pride, uh, legacy mm -hmm. and, and all that. But who knows? We'll see how it all plays out. So obviously, Bivol gets the big win uh, this past weekend. That's two wins this year uh, over Canelo Alvarez and Gilberto Ramirez. So I'll ask you, Chris. This is a hot button question. Who is your front runner? For fighter of the year 2022. So I you know I love Bam Rodriguez. That's my dude. This is I a pro him. bam podcast. Pro bam pro podcast. That kid is is a gangster and he he can really fight. Um he had an amazing year. People I think people forgot about the quadras fight. I really do. Yeah. He took the fight on like 10 days' notice and jumped up two weight classes to be a, a very solid world class guy to win his first world title superb superb performance the angles he was cutting the punches he was throwing on on no time for training camp was absolutely mind-blowing then he goes on to wrong which now we're thinking this is going to be a really really tough fight wrong is giving everybody trouble he knocked out chocolatito like what bam destroys him completely dominates him takes him apart then he has that that other fight where he struggles a little bit and that's when we realize okay he's not in his real weight class there's an issue you know so People, I think, uh, you know, I don't think just boxing people, but everybody's like, what have you done for me lately? And I think a lot of people are kind of focused on what he did in his last fight. And then you've got Bivol, massive career-defining coming-out party fight win against Canelo Alvarez, the arguable pound-for-pound -pound best fighter in the world at the time. Bivol, 
beats him. Beats him handily. I don't think there's any argument in terms of who won that fight. Then he comes, and now he has Zerto Ramirez. Supposed to be a big challenge, undefeated guy. It's 175, big 175-er. Looking for a big fight. Been calling out Canelo. Completely dominates him, schools him from head to tail, from, from round one to round 12. So it's between those two guys. But like I said, this is a pro-BAM podcast. I'm going with BAM. Wow. Uh, to me, it's it's Bivol. Anytime you beat Canelo, um, pound for pound, number one consensus, do it like he did it, no doubt. Mm-hmm. And then that's a that's the biggest part of the, the year for him. To follow it up and be a top five, undefeated, I'll put undefeated in air quotes because I know it's padded and I, I know a lot of those were, were no hopers in there. Like you said, consensus, top five light heavyweight is Zerto Ramirez. So that right there is a campaign from Bivol. You beat Canelo, you beat Zerto, hats off to you. I think he is the, the fighter of the year. Bam, obviously does some amazing things. Fighting three times should be applauded. Uh, last fight, didn't he took a lot of punishment, but you, you fight three times in a year. That, that grabs your attention, and it's not just three stay-busy fights. These are two fights no. that uh, were over, you know, certified, you know, guys in the division that were former champions and, and, and really, really good. And then there's some other names in there. Uh, Devin Haney. Won two big fights this year, obviously against the same opponent, obviously, you know, a, opponent that was not even on the same level as him. He becomes undisputed. But then you have the dark horse in this, and that is Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez. If he can he's beat always the, there. He's always there. I mean, he's been there for the last 15 years. This guy won't go away. I hope he never goes away. I hope he fights forever. I love watching him fight. Chocolatito has wins over Ray Martinez, who – is at the time was maybe one of the best 112 pounders. Now if he, yep. he could beat him pretty soundly too. He he gave him a lesson right there. Looked like yes. a, a man in the ring with a with a boy. Yep. And then now Chocolatito can beat Estrada, who arguably best 115 pounder in the world. I think it's still Chocolatito, but you know those two are, are pretty damn close. Chocolatito could beat him more convincingly, which is arguable because their fights seem to go neck and neck every time they, they step in the ring. Or uh, um, I do think Chocolatito won the, the last one, eight rounds to four. But it's not I like it's distinguishable eight rounds to four. It's close rounds. A lot of punches mm-hmm. being thrown. Chocolatito wins. You, you can make a case, so he can run him to the front uh, of that list. And then you also have Jamel Charlo, but he only fought once. He had That's like a yeah. performance of the year. You got to fight at least twice, in, in my opinion. It's very subjective. All these awards are, you know, I put it on Twitter last night. Um, you know, Bivol is my fighter of the year. It's pretty clear to me. And then you had a lot of people throwing in, what about Bam? What about, you know, Charlo? What about Haney? What about Chocolatino? But that's great. I love having five different options. But to me, Bivol, uh, his campaign right there is, it, you beat Canelo, it gets the eyeballs of, of fight fans. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 you are the Mister Positivity and of of the boxing. I'm, I'm a little less positive than you are. For, I guess probably because I've been on different sides of it. Uh, so I do like to be the contrarian. I knew you were gonna pick Bivol. Bivol essentially is, you know, gonna be the fighter of the year, especially if the way things stand, the way they are. But man, it's my dude, Bam. I mean, I wish there was another reward for for Bam to win. Like, uh, how about like? Well, I mean, he's he's got breakout of the year breakout of uh, you know career breakout of the year for sure the thing that's weird with these awards it's like there's like the boxing writers vote and there's that one big one but you know there's other outlets like we're going to do our year-end award show and there it's it is somewhat consensus but it, it's not the end-all be-all so the very subjective sport right down to the the awards and but fighter of the year is the biggest award you can win uh you know it has a long history and there's been some great ones over the years so i think it's either b-ball or bam but it's been a great year 
for a lot of these fights. Not disparaging Devin Haney at all or any of these other guys. You know, Jamel Charlo. Wish we saw Jamel Charlo fight again. If Jamel Charlo fought Zoo at the end of in this next month or this month or next month, then you have a legit case for for, for Jamel Charlo. You got to fight twice. Come on. You can't fight once in a year and be fighter of the year. It's just it's not. I don't care. I don't care who you beat. It, Unless it's, it's the COVID a, year. That, it was down to Fury or well, Bimo in twenty twenty. COVID. Yeah, COVID <laughs> year is different. That's a whole different. That's a that's a whole different thing. Um, and what was that? That was like like twenty years ago at this point. I don't know what year is it? I, I think I tweeted yeah. something the other day that like. Devonta versus um, Leo Santa Cruz was three years ago, and it was clearly two years ago. Like time doesn't matter. Nah, it's daylight a, saving time today. Like it's it, it, you know, it's gonna get mean? dark. I know we gotta get rid of daylight. That's gonna be our next topic. How do we get rid of daylight savings time? Because it's gonna start getting dark on the East Coast at four forty-five. I bet I bet you Elon can do it. Let's talk to Elon. Let's get him to. I'm hoping he just lets me stay on Twitter because uh, I love Twitter, even though I get tweeted. The, most wild things over the last couple of, of days between spell. Well, I also put myself out there a lot. Well, I, I put a lot of yeah, you do. out there. So if yeah, you put I, yourself um, out there. I, uh, I'm actually, uh, I'm a little upset that I haven't been kicked off Twitter before Elon took over. Cause <laughs> I feel like I'm not definitely not going to get kicked off now, but uh, I, I, I missed that opportunity. But yeah. So I, I, my tweets have been uh, getting dissected over the last couple of days. That's fine. Uh, big fight coming up um, in 2023, 2023 first quarter is looking phenomenal. Uh, Mr. Positivity, Dan will show you a list. I've already put out a list of the fights for the first quarter. It, it's loaded. So if you're not happy with how this year has ended and there are our next topic, we'll get to the final two months of the year. 2023 first quarter is your year. Uh, or your quarter as a boxing fan. One fight that got announced on Friday, literally out of nowhere, or Thursday. Uh, I don't forget what day it was. It was Caleb Plant versus David Benavidez. Wow. 168-pounders, uh, two of the best outside of Canelo. You can make a case that maybe they, Benavidez is uh, better than Canelo at this moment, or could beat Canelo. But Caleb Plant, David Benavidez, props to both guys for signing on the dotted line. Props to both guys for not waiting for Canelo, especially Benavides, to see what he's going to do. A lot of concessions I heard were had to be made for on ben, our plant side. He wanted to come out second. He wanted this. He wanted that. Benavides was like, yep, 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 yep. Give me that fight. I love this fight. This is best versus best or close close to it. Uh, young guys under 30 years old. I think plant might be 30 on, on the nose. Whatever. Young, hungry guys at 160, and they have a beat. I love this fight. Yeah, no, hungry is 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 the name of that fight. They are they are both hungry guys. Um, I think Benavides is 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 the monster of that division. I've been saying that for a long time. That that kid is is something special. Um, you know, I I love Caleb Plant is going for it. You know, like he he spent a lot of time out of the ring waiting waiting for the Canelo fight, mm -hmm. and it paid off. He made big money in that fight. Um, he definitely performed well in the fight up until the stoppage he performed really well up until the stoppage but it was one year yeah, ago today yeah he ultimately did get did did get stopped in the fight um and you know he he came back with a huge huge statement win just a few weeks ago with uh with Darrell and now he goes right into this fight i love this this is the way boxing is supposed to be you win you fight you win you take the next dangerous fight you just danger 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 that that was my career as soon as i stepped out of out of the out of the prospect to contender status, I fought killers throughout. That's, and yeah, I think that's the that. way it's supposed to be. I think yeah. that's the way it's supposed to be. Once, once you, once you go over that hump, it's, you got to fight 
the toughest fights available every time out. And Plant's doing that. I tip my hat to him. Yeah, Plant going from Canelo to Durrell to Benavidez. That is a damn good three right there. That's yep. You got to tip your hat to him. A lot of criticism, like you brought up, took a lot of time off. Nine or ten months he took off um, before the Canelo fight. Obviously, he was holding that lottery ticket. He had that yep. final remaining belt that Canelo wanted. Anyone I've had this conversation so many times. Any fighter would have done the same thing Plant did. And he paid out. I think he made 12 $15 million for, for that fight. And a lot of people, even after that, we're going to say, he ain't going to fight anyone now. He's just going to, he made his $15 million. He ain't going to fight anyone. He's just going to sit back and wait. Durrell, all right, he's kind of, you know, on the older side, kind of passed it. Good fight after uh, coming back from, from the Canelo one. Now, Benavidez, so you got to tip your hat to Caleb Plant. Awesome. Love that. He is proving a lot of people wrong, and he is proving that his words uh, do mean something because he has said, I will come back and fight everyone. Benavidez, on the other hand, also another guy that you got to tip your hat to because he is clearly in line to fight fight Canelo. Even even though Canelo says I don't want to fight any Mexicans or any Mexican Americans, uh, I don't, I don't even know what whole, that means. I don't. I don't, yeah, I don't really don't want to even get into that. But we'll talk about Benavidez. You say he's a killer at 168. I 100% agree. You know I got the numbers to back it up. First in overall connect percentage in the entire sport, he's the most accurate puncher in all of boxing. Fourth in plus minus, which is hit and don't get hit. Fourth in power connect rate. Fourth in jab connect rate, fifth in punches landed per round. Offensive dynamo. There's no doubt about it. Very underrated defensively, too. I've talked about this, had him on the show numerous times. You know, I gave him those stats, and he's like, hey, yeah, yeah, I love that. But, like, you know, I'm pretty, like, I do stuff defensively that a lot of, you know, fans don't see. I don't get credit for. He works on his defense a lot. I like, like that about uh, Benavides. And you go over to Plant. He's the best defender at 168. Opponents only land 7.3 punches per round. He's the best defender versus power shots at 168, which, like we just said, that's what Benavides is going to want to do. He's going to want to land power on Plant, and Plant is the best defender against power shots, and Plant ranks number two at 168 in jabs landed. So all those numbers are what you know if you, you know about these two fighters. Benavides is offensive-minded, front foot coming forward. Plant is a a slip and move type of boxer with power because we saw that from Darrell. How do you see this fight playing out? I see it uh, very similar to how Plant and Canelo looked. I think that uh, Canelo uh, Plant is going to come out fast and he's going to be having a lot of success early on. But I think each round, and I think uh, Benavides is going to start sooner than Canelo did. I think he's going to chip away. Chip, chip chip and the pressure eventually is going to get to plant yeah. and i'm looking for the late rounds for for benavides to really step up and start landing and putting pressure and i'm not saying that he's going to end up stopping plant although he, he very well may but i think it's going to come down to what's going to happen in the last third of that fight to really decide what's going to happen because that fight's not going to start until that last third until yeah. those last three four rounds i think i think early on it, it's going to be it's pretty obvious it's pretty easy to see caleb plant outboxing him mm -hmm. and being busy using his speed using his footwork using that slick head movement countering you know and then but what happens in those later rounds when 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 the attrition starts to pile up because that's what benavides does he he's not he's not knocking guys out early he doesn't stop guys in rounds three and four he beats guys down breaks them down beats them up I, loads on pressure pressure bang 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 so 
I think that fight starts in like round eight. Oh man, I can't wait. I I hope I wish it was happening next week, but it's it happened in uh, first quarter of 2023. And I, I think that, the thing that I can't like erase in my mind <clears throat> is Canelo Alvarez not being afraid of anything that was coming back from Caleb Plant. Nothing nope. at all. You know, you just walk through a lot of those punches. I and can Canelo, see- we we always forget Canelo's a much smaller man. Like way, he's not a 68er at all. I used to spar with him a bunch of years ago. Like he's not a big guy. He's uh, shorter than what, me. 140? 40, yeah, 40, 47. I mean, he literally was, was a, a teenager then. But like even when he was, you know, he was like 30 and 0 at 40 and he was fighting at yeah, 47. Yeah, when he fought Shane Mosley, uh, it's when I first time I saw him live was when he fought Shane Mosley on the Mayweather Cotto undercard. He was 147. That was 10 years that, ago. That, uh, well, I was sparring with him when he fought uh, Cotto's but no, when, no, it was a Shane Mosley fight. Yeah, yeah. I was. That's when I sparred with him. Actually, I was sparring. I was in camp. I was. I sparred with him when he was in camp for the the Shane Mosley fight. Actually. Yeah. So, uh, what I'm saying is, I I I didn't in that fight against Canelo and Plant. I didn't see anything from Plant power wise that made Canelo go, "Ooh, wait, wait a second. Like, I yeah. can't do that." So I don't. I, that's the thing that keeps in my mind, and that's why I think uh, this fight will play out. I think Benavides will be a slight favorite. Um, love it. Can't wait. Uh, love when a fight gets announced pa- practically out of nowhere. I think that Showtime did the good, the right thing here. PBC did the right thing. If they sweeten the deal for these two guys to get across the finish line so we can forget about the stink that is Spence Crawford, whatever, forgetting the fight. And yeah, that's just shows you these young guys want the smoke. Spence Crawford, they look like idiots because they're sitting there bickering on Twitter while big fights are being made. Uh, there are still a few big fights on the boxing schedule. None mega fights, but good fights nonetheless. Uh, some, uh, you got Chocolatito and Estrada three. You got Pro Grace Zepeda in a way stepping in the ring. Tyson Fury is stepping back into the ring. Uh, there are some pretty good fights for the remaining 60 days or six, less than 60 days of the year. Which fight are you most looking forward to, Chris, on the remaining boxing schedule? No question, Chocolatito Estrada. No question, that fight is... Easy answer. And I, I hate saying this, it's a guaranteed classic because I feel like every time I've said that the fights are stinkers. Uh, not this, <laughs> I, I not these two. I can't see these guys not. Be, like you, you said it earlier, Dan. Like they just tend to have fights that are super tight and super close, and I don't see this one being any different. I think um, Estrada's awesome. I'm a big fan of Estrada. He's. A, I always talk about combination punchers and how we lack them in a sport these days. That that dude is a combination puncher. He lets his hands go, and they're the combinations are beautiful. And speaking of beautiful. Chuckle Tito, everything he does is beautiful. The guy is, a, he's a symphony of violence. He is in there and he just lets his hands go, his footwork, his head mood, everything blends together like a composer. It's incredible, incredible to watch. He's one of the most beautiful fighters I have ever seen. So hands you get down. those two guys going, it's going to be. It's the third it's fight. It's a trilogy. I, that's that's probably my one. But if I, I, I mean, obviously I love Chocolatito, love uh, Estrada, love this weight class. And hopefully this is the fight that Chocolatito gets his just due. I thought he won the second fight pretty clearly. I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but they would back that up. Um, that to me is, is the biggest fight on the remaining schedule too as well. But I will say I'm also very excited for Regis Progre. And oh, yes. you got another Regis Progre and Zapata is a clear number two for me. That's November me 26th. Uh, it's Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, that's going to be an awesome one. 140-pound division wide open. Taylor and Catterall fighting February 4th. Uh, you got Progre and Cepeda. You got Jose Ramirez in the mix. You got Tiafimo Lopez in the mix. And you got guys like uh, the 135ers that are eventually going to move up to 140, like Devin Haney, Brian Garcia, uh, Tank maybe one day. It's a really fun division. This is a really fun fight. Progre and Cepeda 
And that's one thing I'll say about this remaining schedule. It's not like banger after banger. I mean, you got um, Michelle Rivera versus Frank Martin, which was just announced this weekend, too, for December 17th. That's a 50-50 fight. Talk about Estrada 3, somewhat of a 50-50 pick type of fight. Pro Grace Peta, pick em fight. Ioka versus Franco, which is going down on New Year's Eve, is mm. a pick fight. So, okay, there is the Inouye's versus the Paul Butler, which should be over in three three rounds, maybe even three minutes. And then you yes. got Tyson Fury, Chisora, which is... And then you got uh, Terrence Crawford versus Anna Vessian. That's how you say it. I think it's a good fight. I think that's going to be a good fight. But it, I think Crawford is a minus 1,400 favorite. So, I uh, mean... My, uh, yeah, on I mean, paper, it's, I don't, it's a blowout. I I don't see Abisania. Uh, I'm sorry for butchering your name every single time. I don't see him beating Crawford, but I think he's gonna. I, I almost see like um uh Mean Machine, the Kavalowskis fight with yeah. with Crawford. Like he he gave Crawford trouble. As long as it lasted, he was in there, and I think that it's gonna be kind of similar to that. Okay, it's David um, Avanesian. I wasn't too far off. Avanesian. Okay, Avanesian. So all right, we all right from everyone, uh, everyone in there in the Twitterverse, we got it now. Avanesian. Yeah, let's give this guy's so, just due because he's going to be fighting. Yes, uh, pound he, for pound. And he's a good fighter. Yeah, he is. He's a good fighter. He he does he does he deserves his respect. Um, I agree with you. I'm really I'm excited for the Zapeta Pro Gray fight. Zapeta is a friend of mine and a, a former sparring partner from from back back in the day for me. John um, sparred. What a beast. John is is awesome, and he's 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 a solid dude all around, in and out. Um, Pro Gray too. These are like two fun guy like i like both these yeah. guys a lot Regis is a nutcase uh you know always out there follow him on instagram he's you know jumping off cliffs he's riding mopeds he's doing wild stuff i know when debella was promoting him uh and they're still cool uh, despite uh debella and them not working together i know that lou would wouldn't even look at his instagram wouldn't look at his social media because it's like what is he doing now like where he's yeah. in like south america like swimming with alligators like what this guy needs to chill <laughs> no he doesn't have that in him he doesn't have that he fights like that too so it, it just you know a lot of times you are you are in the ring which you are out of the ring um i love that fight uh and then i i think we're not getting enough play for the tfimo um yeah fight pedraza? honestly that's a pedraza dude pedraza's tough he is a sharp shooting the sniper is such a perfect name for him like he is he really he truly is a sniper in there um he's he's solid as hell He's given everybody trouble. Doesn't matter who you are, even including Lomachenko. Um, that's a serious test for Tiafimo at, at, up at 140. I mean, granted, he's fighting another lightweight at 140. Um, and honestly, it's the Pedraza is not even, uh, he was never really a big lightweight. He won a sort of full title at 130, uh, fought Tank there. I call that fight, actually. Um, tank. But yeah, no, Pedraza? that's a good fight. Yeah, but I, I called uh, I called uh, Tank and, and Pedraza. That's like Tank's day. best win. Yeah. <laughs> That's the fight uh, that I mean, everyone that... goes back to. Like you have these tank haters, and then they have these tank apologists, and the apologists were like, "Well, he beat Pedraza, and Pedraza was still something." I had I thought Pedraza was going to win that fight. Honestly, I thought he was going to be able to out outsmart him, out move him, out. But Pedraza stood there and fought him. I was like, "What is he doing?" But yeah, it, it didn't work out. Yeah. Um, that Santa Cruz fight was was fucking. That was a damn good performance too. Santa Cruz was a dude, beast. that came up on uh, memories or whatever in, on Twitter. Or it happened on. Halloween night 2020. And uh yeah, I did a breakdown of that. Like the three right hands Santa Cruz threw. Why? <laughs> Up with his back against the corner, threw three straight right hands, same punch. And the yep. first one landed, partially landed. Second one, tank blocked it. 
And you can see Tank, like, if he throws this again, I'm throwing the I'm meanest fucking, uppercut. I am unloading. <laughs> the meanest uppercut what? in the history of boxing. And it's the most insane knockout. I mean, that knockout yeah. still resonates. Vicious. It was one of the best. Yeah. He folded up. Leo Santa Cruz. That, he folded. In terms of, of, of technical execution, that was perfect. Yeah. Slip, boom, right Ride it right back. Slip and shoot that thing up the middle. You just landed an uppercut on your microphone. Yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> I just I just tanked my my microphone. That's a good um, place to stop then, right? Because that's the yeah. remaining fights of the year is our last topic. Uh, there's some good ones still there. Um, you know, not getting the the huge ones. And I tweeted this out uh, on Friday. Thirty-two undisputed or um, what undisputed or unifications this year. Thirty-two. Between women's wow. and men's. There's a lot. Exactly. There's either, either guys defending all their belts or two champions facing off. Yes, it could be like, hey, there's way too many belts in boxing if there's 32 of them. But I think, if anything, it shows that it's a good gauge of the best fighting the best or or competition-wise. So, all in all, been a good year for, for boxing. Obviously, we didn't get some of these bigger ones. But if you take a look at 2023, it's looking that way. All right. That's the show uh, for this uh, beginning of the week. We'll be back Thursday live on the Inside Boxing Live YouTube page. Ronnie will be there with his Rocky 2 review. His Rocky 1 review pissed off some people. A filmmaker tweeted at me. I, I He says, I might have to stop listening. That horrible review. <laughs> it pissed me off too, but... You got red. Funny. You were getting red. Like, Ron, at least he, like like I said, I respected his, his take on it because he didn't just, like... Tell us what we wanted to hear. He wasn't just no. like, oh, awesome movie. Um, sitting here with two boxing guys, ex-fighter, and a guy that loves boxing. So I'm going to like, no, he was just like this. This I fell asleep, and then it was really slow, but it ended fast. It ended good, and it was ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, he's hot takes Ronnie. We, 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 Ronnie hot takes. We, we, yep. we know that. But, uh, you know, he, he's, he's from a different era. He's a much, much younger guy than us. He's... He might like Creed. He might rank Creed as the best once he gets to Creed in like five, six weeks. I guarantee he will, but. Uh... There it is. There's our show. We'll be back on Thursday, everyone. As always, protect yourself at all times. Uh, I forgot my own catchphrase. We out. <laughs>